In May 1954, Roger Bannister from Great Britain became the first man known to run a mile in under four minutes. And up to then, it was believed that it was humanly impossible to accomplish this. And then just two months later, Australian John Landy broke Bannister's record by 1.4 seconds. And two months later, in August of 1954, the two fastest mile runners in the world, Bannister and Landy, met for a historic race at the British Empire Games in Canada. The race was dubbed the Miracle Mile and the Race of the Century. 100 million people tuned in via television and radio to watch this race. Now, at the gun, Landy had a strong start, leading the race until the final curve. But because of how the sun was set in the sky, Landy could see his shadow and Bannister's shadow on the track. And based on the shadow, Landy estimated he was a good 10 to 15 yards ahead of Bannister. But to verify this, Landy did what runners are supposed to never do. He looked back. He looked back, turning his head to gauge Bannister's position, and seeing that glance, Bannister came up on his blind side, passing Landy and beating him by .08 seconds. Television crews and reporters captured the dramatic ending in photos and videos, and you can actually Google the race today and watch it in its entirety. And today, a sculpture of that race stands near the spot where they raced. It is not a sculpture of Bannister crossing the finish line. Instead, it is a sculpture of Landy glancing back at Bannister. Regarding this sculpture years later, Landy quipped, While Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt for looking back, I am probably the only one who ever turned into bronze for looking back. Now on that day, both men completed the mile in under four minutes, a grand achievement that was deemed impossible just two months earlier. Yet what was immortalized was not the record-breaking times for both men, nor Bannister's victory. Instead, it was Landy's fraction of a second distraction from what mattered most. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want bronze statues all over this town of the moments I got distracted by the shadows in life and missed what really mattered. I mean, the city isn't big enough to accommodate that many statues. I'm not a runner. I'm not sure I would even run if someone was chasing me. I think I would be better off to play dead or to kill them with kindness. But I'm told runners are not supposed to look back because it signals a negative shift in the mindset of an athlete. When a runner looks backward, it is typically because they are afraid that someone is catching up to them. And now they are no longer running to win, they are running to avoid losing. And it's a subtle but significant shift in focus. To our graduates and to all watching, it really is easy to get distracted by the shadows in life and to lose our focus on what really matters. And many of these shadows come from the land of Ur, the land where you will never live up to your expectations or anyone else's. In the land of Ur, comparison is king. It is filled with the pressure to be richer, stronger, Prettier, smarter, skinnier, happier, faster, Christianer, anything that's better in general. 
The land of Ur is a place where we let everything except God define us. We're running, looking back, distracted by the shadows of comparison, trying not to lose the race of life rather than focusing on what really matters. Now, many of these things are not bad in and of itself. Sometimes we want wrong things, but more often we want good things in unhealthy ways. We want some things too much, and we desire other things too little. And even good things can become the shadows that cause us to lose our focus on what or who really matters in life. Now, in his viral 2019 valedictorian speech titled 16th Second, High school senior Kyle Martin shared the lesson he learned from trying to get to the top of his graduating class. Regarding winning valedictorian, he said, At our seniors' awards ceremony, it felt so good. It's so good. So good for about 15 seconds. 15 seconds of my heart racing and my adrenaline pumping. 15 seconds of, yeah, I won. 15 seconds of being at the top of the pile of all of my accomplishments, and it felt euphoric. But he said, there must come the 16th second. And on that 16th second, I sat down on my seat, and I looked at my silver stole that said valedictorian, and I thought, that's it? What just happened? Why am I not feeling anything else? And to be honest, he said, I don't know what I was expecting. A parade of balloons to drop, or maybe I was hoping that all of my problems would fade away in comparison to this amazing achievement. But none of that happened, not even in my heart. Looking back on his senior year, Kyle realized that the stress of the year to chase his goal of becoming valedictorian and giving a five-minute speech was paid for at the expense of his most important relationships. Kyle shared, Working hard is good. In fact, it's even biblical. But it should not be done for the sole purpose of a goal at the expense of our relationships. Nothing is more important than healthy relationships. Nothing. Not your goals, not your successes. And here is why. Relationships are where we get to influence, impact, and change people's lives. Your life cannot be meaningful without them. We are put on this earth by our Creator, Kyle said, and we all have a purpose. And as you live your life on this earth, you can do no greater good than to love a person so much that you point them to Jesus Christ. But first, he should be your first relationship that you cannot neglect. Kyle had been distracted by the shadows. Not that getting good grades isn't a healthy pursuit. Not that becoming valedictorian is a wasted goal. It's not. It's a great achievement. But the priority that Kyle gave it in his life caused him to lose focus on what truly mattered, his relationship with God and with others. Kyle was right. Relationships matter most. And how do we know he was right? Well, it's not because he was valedictorian and obviously very smart. It's because Jesus himself said the very same thing. The religious leaders of Jesus' day gathered around him to ask him a question. And we don't know really what prompted this question put to Jesus. Maybe genuine curiosity, as Mark's gospel believes, Perhaps a desire to get Jesus in trouble, as Matthew gospel infers. What we do know is that Jesus answers the question, as recorded in Matthew 22, and states, and what he states is one of the most important in all of the pages of scriptures. 
Jesus was asked, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Now, this was a tricky question because there were over 600 cherished Jewish laws. But Jesus was not stumped. Without hesitation, he answered, saying, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. Now, this answer would have pleased the Jewish leaders as Jesus goes to the very heart of the Jewish faith, quoting beloved Hebrew scripture. But then Jesus continues with a new angle on an old law by permanently linking it to another old law, saying, And a second commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, to love God was clear enough. No one argued this. But to say love on one another in the same breath puts both commands on equal footing. One is not more important than the other. They are dependent. And by loving God, we love our neighbor. And by loving our neighbor, we love God. And you can't do one without the other. Jesus concludes his answers to the religious leaders by saying, On these two commandments, loving God and loving your neighbor, hang all the law and the prophets. And the law and the prophets were the only sections of the Bible recognized as scripture during Jesus' lifetime. So he was saying that these two commandments summarize the entirety of the Bible. That everything, every law, every story, every command is about loving God and loving our neighbors as ourselves. Now, before we go any further, we need to understand what Jesus means by the word love. You know, we use it often. We talk about loving our dog and loving ice cream and loving summer break. And when we use the word like that, we are talking about affection and warm feelings for whatever it is that we say we love. So when we think of love as affection, it's no wonder that we have difficulty loving those who annoy us or who hurt us or who are difficult to love. But when Jesus talks about love, it primarily means love of commitment and determination, a love of choice and action. We may have warm feelings of gratitude for God when we consider that all that God has done for us, but it is not warm feelings that Jesus is demanding of us. Instead, it is an uncompromising, unwavering commitment. It is a singular focus, not distracted by the shadows. And if love means this, it doesn't mean we must feel affection for others, including our enemies. Instead, love is our commitment to work for the good of others in their lives. To love means to turn toward another person and to extend a hand to them, even if it costs us something. These are the greatest commandments. These are the things that matter Loving God and others should be the focus of our lives. And anything that draws our focus away from this, even good things, is a shadow on the race. Now back to John Landy. Two years had passed since Landy broke the four-minute mile record. Two years had passed since the infamous look back that cost him the Miracle Mile race. And now, Landy was running in the final at the 1956 Australian National Championships ahead of the Olympics in Melbourne. Running in the same race was Ron Clark, the young Aussie who would one day hold every world record from 2 miles to 20 kilometers. During the race, Clark fell after clipping another's 
runner's heel. And Landy, close behind, leaped desperately to clear Clark's body. But his spikes landed on the inside of Clark's arm. As other runners streamed past, Landy stopped, ran back to Clark, and helped him to his feet. He brushed the cinders from Clark's knees, and he checked his bleeding shoulders, and he apologized. And Clark, not badly hurt, urged Landy to keep going. And so they both took off, but there was now at least 50 meters between them and the rest of the field. And in that last half mile, Landy sprinted hard, his lungs and his muscles burning. The crowd was on its feet, cheering when he finally caught up to the front two runners, stormed past them, and won the race. I know, it's like a Disney movie, but it's true. And as Landy did a victory lap, he, the applause continued. Nobody cared that he had not broken the world record. They had just witnessed the greatest mile race in history. One journalist wrote after the race, Yours was a classic sporting gesture. It was a senseless piece of chivalry, but it will be remembered as one of the finest actions in the history of sport. In a nutshell, you sacrificed your chance of a world record to go to the aid of a fallen rival, and you achieved much more than any world record. Some might say that Landy was once again distracted from the most important priority, winning the race and breaking a world record. But others, including Landy, would say otherwise. Racing toward that finish line, ignoring the pain that he had accidentally inflicted on another runner, would have been the distraction, the shadow. But if Landy was chasing the dream to be the best runner he could be, it wasn't the final time that mattered. It was the character of the person who crossed the finish line. Now, the bronze statue of Landy looking back is still on display in Canada. But there is another bronze statue of Landy as well. And this one sits adjacent to the Olympic Park in Melbourne, Australia, and is called Sportsmanship. It captures the moment that Landy thought of another more than himself by extending a hand to Clark. The moment Landy focused on what truly mattered. Graduates, run the race of life well. Don't camp out in the land of Ur. Try not to be distracted from what really matters. But when it happens, not if, but when, when you find yourself distracted by the shadows and the comparisons, when your focus is lost from what really matters, remember John Landy's story. There's always another race ahead and the hope of a new statue. So keep running. Eyes and heart focus on what matters most, loving God with all that you are and loving others. Congratulations to the class of 2021. Join me as we pray. Loving God, how grateful we are for your continued grace and compassion when we lose our focus, when we're distracted by the shadows of life, when we allow anything other than you to define us. The race of life is hard, Lord. And we cannot run it well without you and without one another. Grant us strength and courage and the desire to love you, God, with all that we are, to love ourselves as you love us and to have and to love others with that same heart. Lord, help us to break up with the lesser loves that the world offers and devote ourselves fully to loving you and to loving others. May we be instruments of your peace as we run the race of life together. 
We pray this in the name of Jesus, our teacher, our savior, and our friend. Amen.